going on, guys? Matt Downs with Daily Grind Fantasy Sports to break down this MMA Saturday slate. It is a 12-fight slate, and we are coming off a, a fight that was last weekend, and or a card last weekend, and then a card two days ago. And now we are literally doing another one. So tons of MMA content coming out if you guys are interested. Well, we cover all sports, uh, eSports, regular sports. We're going to be covering MLB, NBA on Patreon. Patreon is literally only $20 a month. You can literally go out and buy something at a restaurant for more expensive than $20. It covers literally everything, and it gives you guys the best leverage spots. Leverage spots were needed on the last card if you guys were watching. So many upsets, uh, so many uh, TKOs, so many KOs, and, and it set you apart from the field. If you are if you were playing GBPs and you took down a GBP, it was because of leverage 100%. Uh, also, we did very well in cash games. We'll cover that in just a second. But also, if you guys have any questions about this slate, um, feel free to ask them in the YouTube comment section. I will pen the post with any updates that we do have right now. We are recording this at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so things might change, including ownership. Ownership will also be updated in the morning on Patreon. So, uh, with all that being said, Kevin, how are you doing? This is now your third slate in, I guess, less than a week. So, how are you feeling? <clears throat> I'm doing awesome. I mean, I love this stuff, and it's been a big, uh, obviously, a big MMA week, and uh, we got a lot of events coming basically weekly for the next uh, month or so. So, and then uh, I think we have a little gap, and then big UFC 252. So I'm excited. Yeah, we are definitely busy, and I know you're excited because it is all MMA. Also, guys, real quick, I almost forgot. Uh, everything is going to be uploaded on our YouTube channel straight to Spotify and iTunes. So if you haven't already followed us on those platforms, feel free to do so. We'll have all this uploaded. Um, and also, Kevin, do you want to go ahead and recap us real quick on the last uh, card that we did on Wednesday? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, it was a solid night for UFC fight night, uh, Cater versus Ige. Um, really good night all around on uh, the first fight night of Fight Island. Uh, we did pretty well for the most part, honestly. Pretty low cash line, which was good, and it was interesting to see. Like, we've seen some higher ones as of late. That was a really low cash line, um, decent amount of upsets, as we talked about. I mean, I think we hit the nail on the head when we talked about this being a big gpp tournament and uh not as much as cash games as much as i love cash games i mean this was the one to attack in gpp and we saw a lot of um people on our patreon discord and uh and and talking to people i love our members that did awesome and i, I love to see that that's what we do it for and uh so many people snapped i saw a lot of people take down some tourneys um a couple of people took it to the tune of like three thousand dollar prizes and stuff like that and we love to see it it was it was great seeing people take down gpps so um, going through the fights right off the rip, we had Jack Shore um, as our number one core play, and big surprise, he got the finish and hit his value. I'm, I'm not even taking credit for that one. I mean, he was a minus 700. There's, <laughs> there's no, uh, there's, there's no talent calling that one. But um, yeah, he looked awesome. I mean, he lived up to it. I'm curious to see where he moves now. If he, they're going to start feeding him some uh, bigger name guys, but um then moving on from that we had jared gordon in a bunch of contests he had a solid score i think he was like 79 80 points or something at 8300 which isn't too shabby i'll take that all day um i had a modestus as uh, the place to put your stud money in gpps as he had carried a little less ownership than some of the others and uh he got a finish and was a fairly big leverage play i saw most people that i saw who took down tourneys ended up taking him so we kept the ball rolling right into uh, Leron Murphy. He made it into just about all my GPPs. He saved a couple of them. Um, he was, I think, 7,400. Got a nice uh, upset with the first round TKO or KO. Um, as I said uh, about him in the video, he had power, but in, uh, never a bad punt when a guy's 8 0. You know, it's a great place to put uh, some of your punt money if the guy's never lost. Um, you know me, I was all over uh, Chimeyev and uh, 
compared him to Khabib, and I was telling you in uh, that fight, he he looked like a carbon copy. He, he mauled Phillips the entire time, crisp, clean takedowns. I mean, he really looked like Khabib when he did it. Ground and pound, just smothered him, and then finally choked him out. It was, it was fun to watch. I'm curious to see who they give him next to, or uh, who his next opponent, opponent is. Um, yeah, he just he looked great letting off that pressure and baiting him with the choke, but uh, that was great stuff. Lazez was one of our uh, top punts as well, and uh, he got the job done. I mean, a lot Lezez of people were saying... Your favorites real quick. I'm going to stop you. Lazez was yeah, one of your yeah. favorites, and you were confident in it, and like nobody else in, across the entire industry really was as confident as you were, at least from what I saw. <clears throat> and at 11% ownership, is th- I think, is, is what he was sitting at, and I actually got really far into a couple of GBPs because of it, so... Hats off to you, Kevin, for that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that he was so low-owned, especially after weigh-ins. I know a lot of our um, Patreon members were saying that, too, how bad Abdul looked at weigh-ins, and I was, couldn't agree more. I mean, he was a couple over, and he looked he looked beat up. So um, I was all, the only thing that surprised me about that one is it didn't live up to the minus 515 uh, finish chance. But, I mean, Lazez ended up being a great punt. So um, Molly McCann was the only one where I'd say let us down a little bit in cash games. Um, she didn't look great, but we did talk about Santos as one of our top leverage plays. Um, I remember you went into ownership last time in GBP tourneys. Um, she did really well just being uh, lower lower owned. But um, I talked about Jimmy Rivera. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I was like I, – I, I talked about how bad of a scorer he is when he uh, wins. And, I mean, that was put on, put on full display. I was looking at the significant strikes heading into the third, and I was just – I was like – surprised almost how bad he is at scoring while winning a fight. I mean, he just doesn't do that well. He just he just picks his shots. He pressures, but doesn't actually take a lot of shots. So, I mean, I was glad I faded Jimmy Rivera. Um, had a little bit of Stamen, who didn't do great, but that's okay. Not Didn't have too much. Um, had some Elliott, uh, Tim Elliott. Like I said, GPP. Didn't want him in cash. He's too volatile, but he did well. He did pretty well. Um, got, got a decent price point um, somewhere, you know, Call it, call it a day, somewhere in the middle of range price, middle of range price point. So it was, it was all right. Um, I stacked the main card in cash, and it did okay. Uh, Cater looked good. Um, wasn't the best stack we've had, but again, it was like it was like a day in the office. You know, it was just like everyone did kind of what they're supposed to to a degree, and uh, that was all right for a stack. wasn't our best stack, but it wasn't wasn't bad either. Um, but I mean, we we did really well overall. Like I said, in the GPPs especially. So overall, another positive night for MMA. We're just going to try to keep this gravy train rolling. I do want to mention, like last week, I think this slate makes a lot more sense for GPPs, essentially due to the sheer untrustworthiness of most of the top guys. I mean, I'll get into it, but I think this is is very similar to uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, real quick, I want to just piggyback off of your your breakdown that you had for Wednesday. So my cash lineup, we stacked Ige and Guitar like we had preached so much during our, our video. And I ended up getting three out of six winners on my cash game lineup, and it still cashed comfortably. And I'll tell you guys why. is because Ige was 87% owned wow. in most of my GBPs. Or not GBPs. If he was that owned in GBPs, then you're doing something wrong. And double-ups. And <laughs> double-ups, he was 87% owned because, Kevin, we talked about the builds. Ige just fit the builds so well, and because he was on the main event, um, it was just destined to happen. So 87% of the field thought the exact same thing. And it's not even that he scored well. It's not even that Qatar scored well. It's that they scored well enough. that they, The combination of them going the distance, I believe it ended in a uh, decision. Um, it went the distance, and they scored just enough. to even Me only having three out of six winners put me above the cash line in a cash. So, again, it's just more strategy. I, I get more excited 
every single week that when we talk about MMA because there seems to be such an edge when it comes down to cash game strategy as opposed to GBPs and the way these these fight styles kind of work. And I love breaking all that down with your uh, with your your breakdowns that you have here um, for MMA. And I just get more excited every single week because I did not know there was this big of an edge. I didn't know that there was so many people that that didn't really know MMA to the extent you do, and we can use that literally as leverage against the field. So I just wanted to throw that in into. The yeah, game yeah, game. absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, I love, you know me, I always talk about cash games and because it's, it's easy money. I mean, I like GPPs, I like tourneys, but I mean, I also like getting guaranteed paid. And I think we do that a lot in our cash games. So, yeah. um, so yeah, let's move on to this slate. I mean, first off we have uh, the first fight of the night is Carlos Felipe versus uh, Sergey Spivak. Um, not sure if for some reason this fight doesn't have a line for a finish chance yet. I've been checking consistently. It's the only one. It's it's I have no idea why. But um I do want to say this card has, while on the subject, one fight carrying a minus two hundred finish chance or more. Um so we should expect a fair amount of decisions in this card. So this is definitely one where you need to pay attention to and uh want to change the strategy a little bit and see we got to be diligent and formulate kind of which fighters really have the best chance to finish or which ones can get the most points without a finish, you know? So it, it's going to be a definitely unlike last card where there was like five fights over minus 400 or something crazy. Um, <clears throat> that being said, without seeing a line, I can tell you this is going to be one of those fights that's heavily favored to end in a finish. I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, you got two guys with 18 wins combined and out of those 18 combined wins, 16 have uh, come by way of finish. So, I mean, and I think this one's definitely going to have a carry a higher, like I said, finish chance line. Um, I like Sergey for his UFC experience. His one win is a pretty solid one over Tai Tuivasa, and his two losses could be uh, worse. I mean, coming to Walt Harris and Marcin Tybura, who we just watched. Um, I think this is an awesome GPP fight to target either way. I think Felipe, I mean, he's making his UFC debut. I think he has a real puncher's chance. I think he's uh, 8-0. Um, and he's... He's got some power. Um, I definitely think this is a good one to target as it's, like I said, there's not a ton of ones to that uh, are expected to end in a finish in this card. Um, what's ownership looking like for that? So is it Spivak? Am I saying that right? Yep. Okay, Spivak is at 28.4% and Felipe's at 185 So they're both, I say Spivak's middle of the road and Felipe's under the radar. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I like that. Like I said, I mean, there's, there's in a fight with a lot of ones that aren't supposed to... Uh, and in a finish, I mean, there might be some good leverage there. I mean, we know the power of a first round uh, KO. I mean, clearing that hundred points pretty easily, you know. So, for sure. Um, but uh, moving on, we have uh, Davy Ramos versus Armand Tsurikin. Um Both these fighters come in as recent victims to Khabib's uh, buddy and training partner in Islam Makachev. Um, that doesn't mean a lot to me. Islam is a beast. I love Islam. He's a really good fighter. So, I mean, losing to him doesn't really mean much. I think this is a fairly fadeable fight, to be honest. I mean, Ramos is a good grappler. He's never been finished. Um, I see Armand imposing his will on his feet. He's same slightly better on his feet, but he might have trouble finishing him without a huge grappling edge um, because, like I said, Ramos is a good grappler, so it might take uh, one of Armand's uh, kind of venues to finish uh, out right away, so he's going to have to get it done on his feet, and I don't know if he has that power. I believe the plus 160 finish chance reflects that. Um there are no obvious red flags in this one. If you want to target this one, I mean, that's just my take for fading it. Like I said, and I mean, there, there's, I don't think it's going to end in a grappling uh, exchange. So, uh, and and like I said, Ramos has never been finished. So, I don't really love this one. But and there's some volatility here. I mean, both guys aren't stud fighters. You know what I mean? So, 
if you want to fade it, I definitely understand that, and I kind of agree with it. If you don't, I mean, that's fine. But you really don't need a piece of every fight on the card, and I think there are better options than this one. Got it. That makes sense. The uh, ownership is <clears throat> both of them are GBP worthy. So yeah, they're not that's high on. yeah, that makes sense. Um, moving on, we have Malcolm Gordon versus Amir Albazi. Um, Amir Albazi steps in to replace uh, Alexander Doskalchuk. Um, this was an early replacement, so there's not too much crazy leverage. You know how much I love replacements and stuff like that and feel like I'm getting one over on DraftKings and the pricing. But, I mean, this is not one of those ones, unfortunately. This one was uh, pretty early picked up. So Amir is good. with um, He's a good fighter. He's got some really good grappling. He's weirdly proficient in uh, digging out, like, Kimuras and stuff like that, which is kind of an odd specialty move, but he's really good at it. I mean, he's finished a lot of fights by way of Kimura. Malcolm Gordon is a pretty good finisher and grappler, too. Um with his thra- uh, I think it was his last three wins came by way of submission. Um, but I will say Malcolm Gordon's losses, I think his three losses and all three came by the way of knockout. So he's definitely finishable. Um, I think this is a good fight to target for GPP. I think this one has a solid chance of ending uh, in a finish. I mean, it's got a close line. It's near even for a finish chance, and I kind of agree with that. Um, like I said, Malcolm Gordon's been finished in all of his losses, and Amir Albazi is a pretty good finisher. So um, I definitely think that makes sense. What's the? I'm very curious. This is one of my yeah. first like GPP targets. Albazi's borderline cast GPP. So this this might be like a difference maker. At 32, percent I'd say is not too high, but it's also not too low. So again, I think it looks like just from percentages is where somebody's going to make or break their lineup and could easily do it for GPPs. And Gordon is projected at 14.7, so definitely GPP. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, Gordon's a good fighter, too, and he's a good finisher, too. So I definitely, I I didn't just say, you know, Albazi all day and GBP. I think you do want a piece of Gordon because he, he is a real uh, chance in this one. So um, I think I think it's not a bad fight to target, like I said. Okay. Um, moving on, we have uh, Montel Jackson versus Brett Johns. Brett Johns, I think, right off the rip, I mean, just looking at this fight, I like him as a solid punt option. That's my first thought. Um he has two losses and their decisions to Aljamain Sterling and Pedro Munoz, who, I mean, Pedro Munoz is the guy who slept Cody Garbrandt. He's a very good fighter. Aljamain Sterling needs no introduction. I mean, he's, he's amazing. I think he's fighting for the belt next. Um, Montel is good, but here's the thing. Montel's three and one in the UFC. Johns is four and two in the UFC. I mean, which with, with what's actually been a much harder schedule in my opinion than Montel. Um, John seems to be a little more proficient grappler where Jackson's probably a little more proficient striker. Both have never been finished, and this fight is highly expected to go the distance. I mean, it's nearing a 200 finish, uh, plus 200 um, chance to go the distance. So I just don't love Jackson at that price tag against Johns. Um, I honestly just wish he had an easier opponent for that price tag at 9,100. Um, there might be some GPP leverage here, but, I mean, what's Montel Jackson's uh, ownership looking like? You're, you're going right into it. So, yeah, Montel ja- Jackson looks strictly leveraged GPP because he's actually one of the lowest owned for that price tag that price. that's that's the only place i could see him being viable and that's why he, i mean i'll put him kind of in my gbp category for that and that that's that's good that gives me a little relief for him but i like i said it's just for that money i mean i'm not touching him in cash games he's too unpredictable and johns is a good fighter yeah so 28.5 percent is what he's sitting at for somebody of that price tag which we rarely see and then on the flip side we have brett johns actually being 24.8 percent. so that's that's pretty darn high for a punt play. So it looks like if somebody's going to be looking for saving money, this is going to be one of the most popular spots to be uh, saving money. It's going to be so, your, your typical punt play here. So it seems like people are uh, 
not really sleeping on Brett Johns too much. You're not sleeping on him now. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting to me because that, that's one of those ones I thought, like, I mean, we make a lot of leverage off of our punts. I mean, we did, like, last week, like you said, that, that won us a lot of money with uh, Lazez and stuff. Yeah. So that, I'm, 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 that's funny. Brett Johns is not such a big name where uh, that one surprises me. I don't know if that's just the uh, – It probably has to do with line of construction too. I have to see if uh, a lot of these um, – I mean, you probably know more than I do. A lot of these, these uh, more expensive guys are going to fit well with Brett Johns, I have to see. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Um, yeah, that's interesting to me. Um, moving on, we have uh, Joseph Duffy versus uh, Joel Alvarez. Um, this is by far the biggest gap in talent, according to Vegas. I don't know if I necessarily see it that way. I mean, Duffy is coming at 9,300. He's also uh, coming off of two losses, so it's not like he is the most trust- trustworthy guy in the world right now. He is also fighting Guy and Alvarez, who is 16-2, and two, and, and all 16 wins coming by way of finish. And just to boot, I want to say 14 of those are by way of submission. He's a really good grappler. Um, he's 1-1 one one in the UFC. I think where the Vegas line comes in is kind of the path to victory. I mean, Alvarez, like I just said, is an amazing grappler. Joe Duffy's an amazing grappler. And I think the uh, ideology behind this is Joe Duffy is much better on his feet and striking, and if Alvarez can't submit him which is a very good chance he can't uh then and it doesn't go to the ground that duffy wins this fight i think that's a, a mentality behind this and representing the minus 365 uh favorite in duffy so for that reason i do like duffy more to win but i am skeptical of that price tag and i'm gonna take alvarez as a punt i mean he's not as good of a fighter i don't think as brett johns or like like we just talked about but like i said joe duffy i mean he's been finished i mean he's got he's lost his last two fights this fight is expected, uh, expected end in a finish, and like I said for Alvarez, he's 16-2 and two with 16 finishes. I mean, that's a deadly guy, however you slice it. I mean, he can – I know Joe, Duss, Joe Duffy's a good grappler, but no one's no one's uh, impossible to submit. And when someone is that proficient, I'm sure uh, – as Alvarez, I'm sure he's fought some pretty good grapplers in his time too. So um, I'm sure he's put, put away a couple good grapplers in his day. So I don't hate Alvarez as a punt. What's uh, ownership looking like on Duffy? Because he's yeah, I love when your breakdowns completely agree with the ownership. So <laughs> we're so let's let's back up real quick. We have four studs here above nine thousand dollars. There are two that are just lower, significantly lower owned than the other two. I won't give away the two because we haven't gotten to them yet. But um, Duffy and Jackson are significantly lower owned than the other mm-hmm. two studs. So again, this is the exact same kind of situation with Jackson. Uh, leverage. I'm not saying it's smart leverage, but there is definitely leverage here. Let's hypothetically say one of them do, do get a finish or get more points than they're supposed to uh, than the other uh, high-owned guys here. Great leverage spots. But um, again, 26%, so it's actually lower, 2% lower than Jackson. So Jackson's, uh, or, or Duffy's an even more contrarian play than Jackson. So we look at that, and then Alvarez, you said, was a decent punt option. 8% yep. owned, which is the lowest that I've seen so far. And it looks like the lowest on the card. So Alvarez will be the lowest owned person, which obviously screams leverage. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, this. it's rare when I – I mean, when I take a punt, usually I'm looking at like 7,100 or something for that range. Or, you know, I mean, Alvarez is 6,900, I think, which is – 6,900 is usually like throwaway money because you're just not going to expect a win. But, I mean, like I said, there's a reason that – I can't remember the last time. What did you say Joe Duffy was at? 20... 26. I have never seen someone at 9,300 at 26% ownership. Yeah. Like, that's crazy, especially as a minus 365. Well. Like, that's, yeah, that might be too low. Like, I'm almost back on duck. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, or yeah. when you see that, that's that's just a lot of, um, I mean, at least for GPP, because mm-hmm. that's a, 
that that's just a crazy i mean when you look at who we've had around that price tag in um weeks prior it's it's been like locked at 40 40 or higher like well, every time it comes down to this are are the other two studs that much better than the two studs we've already discussed and i guess we'll we'll actually we'll go over that here pretty yeah soon. yeah i mean i'll tell you right now i think it's more the volatility of these guys and that's why i said gpp all over this one yeah. i mean it's just this there's a lot of volatility in this card, which is can be really good. You can make a lot of money that way. You know what I mean? Like um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so let's move on to some of those guys. I mean, one of the next guys is one of those studs, um, Grant Dawson versus uh, Nad Niermani. I do like Grant Dawson here. I mean, for his money, I think he is a talented fighter. This one of those fights that's expected to go the distance, but I could see it doing the opposite. It's a very close line. Um, Grant is a really good finisher as well. He's got 14 finishes of his 15 wins. Um, Nat is coming off a pretty bad loss to Mike Grundy. Um, in I think that was Grundy's UFC debut too, so it's not not a good sign when a newcomer puts you away like that. Um, Nat has never been submitted, but which is Dawson's best uh, chance for a finish probably. But I mean, that being said, neither had Michael Trezano before Dawson choked him out. I mean, there's a lot of people who haven't been submitted before someone like Dawson or a really good grappler gets their hands on him. You know, they just haven't faced that level. Um, I think Dawson is a good play. Dawson also hasn't really showed us any major holes in his games to not trust, and especially when we're talking about these price tags. Like I said, I mean, I don't trust Montel Jackson. I don't trust Joe Duffy. I'm not saying I fully trust Grant Dawson, but I trust him a little more than those two. Um, I think he's a good play and definitely a fighter whose ownership depends where I put him, though, for GPP um, or cash, but it's sounding more like cash right now. Yeah, Dawson is definitely shaping up to be a cash option. 43.3%, which is the, let me sort by ownership here, uh, second highest on the entire slate. So, okay, cool. And and from what, everything that you've said so far, it just sounds, it doesn't sound dumb to be playing him, but it sounds like it's, it's the discrepancy here between these studs just doesn't make too much sense to me, at least in GPPs. It looks like there's a lot of leverage here. Um, Naramani, is that how you pronounce it? Naramani? Yep. Okay. 14.6% ownership on him. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't like Nairamani too much in this. I mean, just, I mean, again, he could win, but I'm not, he's not one of my top punt options. Um, I mean, he's coming in as a plus 190, so I'm definitely looking more at Dawson. But like I said, he's there's not a lot of places to put your stud money in this one in terms of cash games where you're, like, confident. So if anywhere to put it, I guess Grant Dawson, it seems like the um, ownership would reflect that. Yeah, and especially in cash games with that ownership. Sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, moving on, we have uh, Roman DeLeeds versus uh, Kadis Ibrigamov. Um, this is the highest finish chance on the card, uh, sans the main event, and then possibly the one that doesn't have a line, which I think is going to be up there, as I mentioned, but um, uh, which is the first fight on the card. But this one is uh, expected to end within the distance. Um, Kadis is 0-2 in the UFC, which shows us he hasn't really proved he belongs there yet. Um, and one of those recent losses was to journeyman uh, Ed Herman, who's been in the organization for a while. And to be honest, at this point, if you can't beat uh, Ed Herman, I mean, you probably shouldn't be here, like straight up. I mean, he's that's not very – Ed Herman has been less than impressive in uh, the latter of his career. So I don't, I'm not, I don't believe Kadis is necessarily uh, – qualified ufc fighter yet but um roman is making his ufc debut at six and oh with all six wins by way of finish i think split down the middle he's got three knockouts three submissions i do like roman he is powerful with good submissions especially his leg locks um he's got a couple heel hooks in there 
The only thing that scares me a little is he is a little unproven as well. I mean, and this is what happens when you get to the UFC. Many guys come in making their debut undefeated. And, and here's the thing, Cadiz, who I'm just talking about, who's 0-2 in the UFC, he came into the organization 8-0. You know what I mean? So you, you do got to be a little weary of um, some sort of records coming into this. But I, I do, again, think that Roman has proved that he's a pretty good fighter. I think he's talented. And with a, a near minus 200 finish chance, Roman makes a very intriguing play in GPP. But... um I'm not sure about the ownership on this one because that's going to definitely sway me. Yeah, uh, 33.2%, which is like borderline, like we said. So it's it's yeah. definitely one of those make or break kind of plays. Yeah. Uh, definitely can can fit into a GPP line for sure. And then Cadiz here is at 178 Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, for that reason, I mean, I think that's low enough where you want um, mm -hmm. a piece of deletes in a lot of your lineups. Like I said, he's a really good finisher, and this is a really high finish chance fight. So... I definitely think uh, I, I would go for him uh, in GPP on this one. All right. Sounds pretty good to me. And then we're going down to the fifth fight here. Or yep. Moving yeah. on to the main card. Yep. Moving on to the main, uh, main card. We got uh, Alexander Pantoja um, versus Askar Askarov. I mean, this is a good fight. I'm actually excited for this one. Um, not more so than a lot of the other fights just because I think – both these guys are pretty talented. Pan, uh, Pantoya is a beast. He's a really good fighter at a weight where there are not a lot of good, uh, a lot of finishes. He's a really good finisher as well. Um, there's not a super high finish chance on this one, but I mean, I could see Panto Pantoya changing that. Um, he's usually a no-brainer for me. Now this time it's a little different. He fights a tough up-and-comer in Askar Askarov, who really hasn't shown a lot of holes yet. He's coming off an impressive win himself against Tim Elliott, who we just saw. Um, Askarov's never been beaten. He's 11 and 0. Though I do think his first loss does come Saturday. Um, and so do the odds makers. I, like I said, Alexander Pantoja is really good. The only thing that scares me is uh, his grappling is really good. But uh, Pantoja has never been finished, let alone submitted. So it's not like Pantoja has shown any weaknesses in his grappling. So I do like Pantoja here, especially in GPP, if the ownership makes sense. So what's the ownership uh, looking like for Pantoja and Askarov right now? Pantoja is at 32.7 and S. Ascar is at sixteen point six. Yeah, so we're we're looking right around kind of that uh that same kind of uh ownership for Roman and uh Cadiz, yep, but exactly like, the same, pretty much. Yeah. So I mean if you want to take Pantoya, I think that's a good play. And I think Askarov is a not a bad uh lower uh or our lower owned underdog because like I said, he's eleven and zero and he's got some good finish ability himself. So I do think Pantoya is pretty airtight, but Askarov's a good fighter too, so you get two good fighters, and anything can happen. Um, moving on, we got uh, Ariane Lipsky versus Luana Carolina. I see GPP potential here in terms of ownership. Um, could be a lot of leverage here, I'm guessing, but I don't love this fight right off the rip. Both girls aren't great finishers while both being fairly tough to finish. Um, that would reflect the lowest chance to end within the distance on the entire card. So they're both fairly unproven as well, so there's some volatility there. Um the slight favorite boasts a 1-2 record um, in the UFC. In Lipsky, there will always be a good girl fight on the card too, but or at least uh, every now and then, maybe not every card. But, you know, there will be one that shakes up the slate. But I don't know. I'm not putting my faith in it being this one at plus 240 finish chance. But if you think it's going to be this one, be my guess. But if you want to fade it, I'm good with that too. I mean, I'm guessing ownership will be low on this. It's actually sitting at the exact... So the previous three fights, so I mean the previous two fights, are the exact same as this one. So it looks like 33.3% on Carolina and Lipsky's mm -hmm. at 174 So they're literally almost identical, all three of those fights. Percentage yeah. Wise. 
that makes sense. I mean, I would like, I mean, to be honest, like Carolina is a little more intriguing just because it's pretty much a 50-50 fight. Um, oh, Carolina's, yeah, higher owned in that. We've talked about this before is because she's cheaper. So Yeah, that's and that's why it makes more sense to me. But I'm probably going to fade it altogether. Um, I don't see a world where for that kind of money I couldn't get something better. But um, there's a little bit of leverage there, I guess. Um, moving on, we got Mark DKC versus uh, Rafael Fiziev. Um Rafael enters this fight with a one and one record in the UFC. I mean, one being a solid decision win, the other being a highlight reel loss via spinning back kick. So he's had some ups and downs. Uh, Mark is coming in uh, uh, with a solid win recently to Lando Venata. I mean, Lando Venata's a good fighter, so if Mark's beating him, he's pretty good. He's also beaten Joe Duffy, who we talked about earlier, who's 9,300. Um, I mean, Mark is Mark a good fighter. I I don't think this is an awful fight to target for one simple reason. I mean, both these guys really do like to stand and trade. I think this is going to stay on their feet. They aren't really the grappling type. That being said, Mark is expected to win. When he does, it's usually by decision, um, where Rafael's a little more of a knockout artist, but probably not as technically sound as Mark. Uh, Mark's a little more proven, too. I like him more here. I don't think he is unbeatable, though, if you want to take a swing on, like I said, a knockout artist in Raphael. But I'm curious to see what the ownership uh, looks like here. Yeah, GPP. 23.8% uh, for Mark, and then Raphael is at 12.9%. So actually yeah. very low on for both those guys. I, I like Mark. I do, I do I do. like him to win. Um, he's a reasonable price coming in at 8500 uh, 8, I almost like... I was close to putting him in my core. I didn't quite put him in my core lineups, but I, I do think he's a good fighter. I, I really do think Mark's a good fighter, So, um, which which always swings me a little more. And I mean, he should get the win here he, um, if he doesn't muck around, but it's uh, it's definitely a better GPP option, I think, as like I said, I mean, he's he's not the uh, most most unproven guy in the world. So Yeah, this fight's looking to fly under the radar in general. So I Yeah, like I like that for leverage, yeah, for sure. Um, moving on, we have the co-main, Kelvin Gastelum versus Jack Hermanson. Um, as I keep talking about, one of the keys to success with this card is finding the fights we think the odds makers are wrong about in terms of going the distance. I think this is one of those fights that um, where it's expected to go three rounds, where I think it has a solid chance of doing the opposite. Uh, Hermanson is a very well-rounded fighter. Um, he's a prolific finisher. Um, it's funny, I consider him more of a knockout artist. I always have, yet... His last two fights were by way of guillotine and or by submission, however you want to put it. Um, he he has finishing ability. Hermanson's a beast, man. He's 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 really tough in every area of the fight, and he's technical enough to win a decision as well. Um, he's probably a lesser known guy in terms of household name, but he's a very good fighter, and anybody who's watches close to the sport knows that. Um, but he can be finished. Um, his last four losses have come by way of finish. I, I like Hermanson here, but I am looking more at Kelvin. I really do like Kelvin Gastelum more here um, as the slight favorite. He's a little more proven against top-tier competition. Uh, Kelvin's absolutely harder to finish. I mean, we saw that in the Israel Adesanya fight. Um, and he has good finishability himself. And like I said, Hermanson can be finished. Um, Kelvin's also tough to beat. I mean, three of his last five losses are by split decision. So it's three that could have gone the other way. And that was to ones like Tyron Woodley and Darren Till. I mean, Kelvin Gastelum is proven elite. He's right there. Um, he might not be the best guy in the weight, but he's probably sitting around top five uh, talent-wise, maybe a little outside that. And Hermanson's close to there too, but I do think Gastelum's a little better. Um, I think his chin durability gives me a little more confidence as well against a guy like Hermanson. Um, like I said, Calvin is very tough to finish. So 
I do like Kelvin Moore. What's the ownership looking like on this? It's pretty – well, it is split. Uh, 29.4% on Jack, and then Kelvin's at 28.6. So nobody really knows what to think about this. And this looks like another – I mean, we've said this on multiple fights now. Uh, make or break fight for GBP. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of GBP options. I'm actually going to put Kelvin in my core just because I think he makes sense. I th- had a feeling that would be right split down the middle because people are probably a little higher on Ke- Kelvin Gaslam, but that 200 salary is enough to switch a lot of people. You know what I mean? Because this sure. is close. I mean, Jack's a good fighter. Like I said, Hermanson's no pushover. Um, he's nobody's free meal. So I do think that makes sense. But I, I think for 8,200, I mean, if you can get Kelvin Gaslam for 8,200 and it's not versus – Izzy or some one of the top top guys at the weight. I mean, I think you got to take him. Kelvin's proven tough, man. Um, I really do like him here. All so. right, you ready to move on to the big guy? Oh yeah, we got a uh, main event. We got Davison Figueredo versus uh, Joseph Benavidez. This is a nice little five round uh, rematch. I mean, these two fight uh, fought for the vacant flyweight title a little bit ago. Um, this fight, like I said, already happened, but it was for the title. But nothing came of it as Figueredo won. But he missed weight by 1.5 pounds. I mean, I can't imagine that, man. I mean, you work your whole life for a title. You you win the, the interim title. And then because you, you're 1.5 pounds over weigh-ins, they, uh, they don't actually give it to you. But, I mean, I, I which I, I do get it. There's rules to this. But it's it's got to be very frustrating. So I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants that belt. He feels like it was rightfully his. So um, I'm hyped for this fight. Uh, the first one was awesome. Uh, a lot of people don't know. Um just by, I mean, a lot of people look at the the last line, and the last line was Figueredo knocked out Benavides. That's what they saw. That's you know, that's what the paper says. But Benavides was outstriking him pretty significantly during that fight. Uh, when he got caught, um, they like clashed heads, got a cut, focused on the cut, then got dropped by a bomb. Um, and and Benavides was outstriking him a lot more significant strikes than him. Um, Davison is ginormous though. I mean, if you watch the fight. They don't look like the same weight class. They really don't. Davison looks like a full bantamweight. He is ginormous. And Joseph Benavidez um, definitely has a little less probably power than Davison. But um, and I, I, I almost said Davison's a better grappler. I want to say that, but I can't bring myself to do it because Joseph is a really good grappler himself. So it's I, I think that's close. and They're close in grappling. Both really good wrestlers, really good submissions. Um, so I don't think there's enough edge to put one ahead of the other. But... Um, I do think Benavides is a more technical striker, and to be honest, I think he's just better at striking overall. I mean, he picks his shots. I mean, it's it's a beautiful chaos when he fights. It it looks a little more sloppy, but he finds the angles and uh, like he's getting wild. But he, he does he, he's there's an art to that. There's a method to his madness, and he's very technical. And he like I said, he got a lot of good strikes in um, during their first fight. So I do think this one. Uh, this this is very interesting. I like both of these guys, and I do think you want a piece of this. I mean, this reminds me of Holloway versus Volkanovski, too, with what I consider um, a better finish chance in this one. So I don't know about stacking yet. I mean, it does have a very high finish chance, but, I mean, I do think you want a piece of this either way because Benavidez is very good, very talented. Like I said, he was out striking pretty good. Um, I'm going I'm to use this to move right into my core plays because I have them as my first core play. Um either as a stack or one of them or, or they're both, like I said, or both of them a stack. I mean, if they go the dis- distance, say they go the distance, they throw crazy volume. I mean, they're, they're both small, small guys. They're flyweights. I mean, which historically speaking, they have good, this is the kind of things you got to think about. They have good gas tanks. Both of them have really good gas tanks. They don't throw the most power in the world being flyweights. And 
their most flyweight fights end in decisions. You know, even though these guys are kind of at the upper echelon, the more powerful versions of uh, of flyweights. I mean, they're they're going to be throwing a lot of volume. They're quick, they're conditioned, and then they can throw a lot of punches. I mean, I think Benavidez, like I, I just talked about his striking. Um, I think he landed almost fifty significant strikes by halfway through the second round when he got finished. Jeez. So I mean, that's a ton. So yeah. just from a number standpoint, just to break that down, I mean, we like numbers here. If the fight went the distance at that pace, even with no takedowns, no knockdowns, and no other scoring for Benavides, if he did nothing else but just kept that pace with significant strikes, if he still lost just a decision, he would have cleared seventy points. Yeah, that's that's crazy for somebody so, with seventy one hundred or seventy. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's if he did nothing else. Sure. So I mean, and just lost in a decision. So um, I mean, that's. That's that's definitely intriguing to me. I like Benavidez, and 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 he's not just one of those guys. He's like Max Holloway. Like I said, he's not one of those guys who's just going to cruise to the finish line like that and take his loss and get good points. I mean, he could also get the finish too. So I do like him, um, and I and I like Figueroa too. He's very talented as well. But um, then I got Kelvin Gastelum as I just talked about. I think Kelvin at that price, you have to take it. Um, Hermanson is good. Don't get me wrong, but Kelvin is really tough, really hard to finish. And at the, and at that price point, I mean. I think you got to take him. He doesn't really lose to anyone who isn't super legit. So, I mean, Hermanson's really going to have to prove himself that he's at the cate- like kind of category of fighter to beat someone like Kelvin Gastelum, where Kelvin Gastelum's already kind of there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Kelvin's in the elite. Jack's, like, got to prove he's elite still. Um, and then Grant Dawson is a core play, as we talked about. Um, he's uh, one of the safer places, I guess, to put that kind of stud money. Um, and then ownership reflects that, for sure. As you talked about, what was he at, 40%, something like that? Yeah, 43 Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, compared to some of the others, he's definitely, definitely makes more sense to put your stud money there. So, before you go on to uh, GPP plays, I want to get, I just want to go on a little bit okay. of a tangent and more of a rant here, real quick. So, I hate how DraftKings prices these main events because you're looking at Figueredo here at 9,000, 9,000, right? Uh, and yep. he is projected, or well, he is going to go to the five rounds here um, for the fight. Then you have Benavidez Vidas here, sorry, uh, seventy two hundred bucks. He's in a five rounder as well, seventy two hundred. You look at the other punt plays, the other people around there. Why wouldn't you go to uh, Benavidez? Why wouldn't you? At least from a cash game perspective, it makes zero sense because of that price tag. I say DraftKings, you gotta you gotta up the the, the price tag of some of these these lower guys. At least in the main event, at least five hundred dollars. Make it interesting because if this guy was sitting around 7700 then that starts to get very questionable you know should i stack the main event but now it's just like it almost forces you to do it just with the ownership with the fact that they're going five rounds and everything that you said that he actually has a fighter's chance to win this thing why why wouldn't you take that as a pun option at least for cash so i completely agree with you here it's another boring statement we're going to stack the main event and then we're going to go on to see where we're going to put our stud money it just i don't like the way that DraftKings has been pricing these main events and and now that i've been diving into it more it just it it creates an edge because the public doesn't know to do that but it also makes it frustrating just because you can't really get different anywhere else you know yeah i mean i, I was gonna say it's it's so funny it just it kind of reflects a 
our, our, our differences of our minds. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm so cash oriented. You're so GPP oriented. I'm like, I love it. Keep it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> run yeah, this yeah. all day. And you're like, change it. Cause, uh, there's not as much leverage. I think it's just funny that, uh, just the way we think differently. It's, it's, that's, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like the way that I've, I've made the most money on DraftKings is by taking down contests. And I love free money. I love the fact that you can play cash and you can make money significantly, uh, over over a long period of time if you play cash on the sport but the, the one thing is kevin that you can only play this sport once every week whereas you know i can play the other sports every single day so mm-hmm. if i'm waiting for that one weekend to to play cash and then i double up that's just boring to me i want yeah. you know i want well, to take down sense. slates throughout the entire week you're making slow money unless you're dumping every week a lot of money yeah, unless on you're, cash games. exactly and that's usually not what a lot of people are doing so that's just the way my, my my mind has been working, no, and I will still take one side of this fight in GBPs. I'm not saying to uh, stack this main event for GBPs. Please don't do that. The only time when that worked was when there were three uh, fights that went to five rounds uh, uh, last weekend. So don't do that. Please don't do that. Take one side or the other in GBPs, but in cash, it's just so obvious, and it's just frustrating. So I, <laughs> I just want to get that out of the way. You can yeah, yeah. continue on with the GBP. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, and I see, I see your your frustration there. Um, moving on to the GPPs, uh, where, like I said, it does make more sense for GPPs on this card, in my opinion, like it did Wednesday. I mean, right off the rip, we got uh, the fight of Gordon and Albazi. Like I said, I do like Albazi more here, but uh, especially where Gordon usually gets, I think, all three losses by way of knockout. Um, but I think both are really good finishers, and Gordon has showed he, um, like I said, can be finished. But I do think he has a chance to to win this. I mean, he's a decent finisher himself, so I do think that's a good fight to target. More so Albazi, but I do consider it more of a fight to target than just all-in-all Albazi. Um, Roman to leads. He's a really good finisher, and like I said, Cadiz has uh, been less than impressive. It's one of the higher finish chances on the card. I mean, Cadiz has been 0-2 in the UFC, Roman 6 and 0-6 six finishes. GPP written all over it, and the ownership made sense for that as well. Uh, Mark Diakisi, like I said, he's not a super known guy. He, this is a bigger leverage one, as we talked about his ownership. I like him to win here. I just think he's going to win, um, But I'm, and he's a reasonable price. He's a solid fighter. I don't know if he's going to get the finish, but... Um, he's a solid fighter, and like you said, he's he's carrying some pretty low ownership. Um, and then the fight of uh, Spivak versus Philippe, um, that that's that's a good one because you got two really good finishers at a big boy weight class. There's not a lot of big boy weight classes in this one. Um, there's also not a ton of fights expected to end in a finish. So I mean, we really want to target those. There's going to be some separation there. Um, like I said, the Roman de Leeds is a good one to target, and this is kind of in that same category where I think where the finish line hasn't dropped yet. I think it's going to be pretty big. So, I mean, if you want to take Philippe um, at 8-0, that, I don't hate it, but, I mean, I do like Spivak a little bit more. He's more proven. He's fought in the UFC. Like I said, he's beaten uh, Tai Tuivasa, some some uh, real, really good fighters. So um, I do think uh, he's, he's a little bit safer. But, um then moving on, Montel Jackson and Joe Duffy, I'll put in basically the same category. I mean, they're just both stud money for really low ownership. I think Joe Duffy is Joe Duffy's a little more expensive. He's probably a little bit of a better pick. Uh, he's a better finisher, but he is, like I said, a little more expensive. So if you want to save 200 bucks, Montel Jackson is your next, next option there. I mean, both of them are carrying crazy low ownership for their price tags. So that definitely makes them intriguing GPP plays. Um, is there anything to touch on that matter? No, sure. I was just going to say, if you want to touch base on punts, then we'll call it a day. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, for punts, um, we got two, um, kind of like last week. I mean, we got Joel Al- Alvarez, um, who's fighting Joe Duffy. He has 16 wins all by way of finish. He's uh, 16-2. He's only got two losses. But, um, uh, I mean, uh, and, and Joe Duffy is coming off of two losses as he's not the most sound fighter in the world. So I, I think Alvarez is, by every definition of the word, a punt here. Um, and, and, a, and a solid one at that. I mean, he's, like I said, 16-2, 16 finishes to a guy who's coming off two losses. You, you can't ask for a better punt option than that. And at 6,900, I mean, that's I, I rarely take a punt at 6,900, but um, because usually at that price, like I said, the person's uh basically throwaway money. But I do not think this is the case. Um, yeah, can I think you imagine this is, if that 6,900 guy does win. I mean, the rest uh, of your lineup's set up for success. Oh, it's over. It's yeah. you, you won. <laughs> you won everything, right? So yeah, you're you're exactly you're you're going to be able to make a lot of lot of play with that uh, extra money. Um, and then lastly, Brett Johns, like I said, he's just a solid fighter. I think this fight is a lot closer than advertised. And I think, uh, ownership reflects that. I mean, it's just, you got a minus 200 in Montel Jackson and a plus 160 in Brett Johns. And I just don't see it that way. And, uh, I think a lot of people are starting to agree with that. And I've also seen the line getting a little closer last I checked. So what's the line at now? Uh, minus 200 plus 160. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's moving a little bit. Yep. Yeah. All right, so awesome. I think we pretty much covered everything, and Kevin has, I mean, he's probably been going crazy. He's broke down three cards <laughs> over the past week, which is just phenomenal. I mean, that, that takes a lot of research. So if you guys could show the support to Kevin um, and just the channel in general, please smash that like button. Please hit that subscription button. And, of course, um, hit that notification bell because we'll be going live before lock before all of the major sports. I know TJ's going to be back for NBA. We will see. Uh, usually those slates are going to be in the middle of the day. The The schedule is going to look so weird for the, for the NBA. But, guys, gear up for all the real sports, including MMA. We are more than excited to break down everything. We're one of the fastest-growing DFS communities on the planet right now. We have a Discord that is just popping off. Everybody's talking sports. Everybody's talking DFS strategy in there. And we even have what's called a rage room in there. When the when the day doesn't go your way, you get to go in there and vent literally everything. I mean, it is so fun to be a part of this community. And uh, hopefully you guys join today. Again, $20 a month for all of that. And then plus the leverage sheets. It's just a, a blast. So uh, with all that being said, guys, have a great rest of your weekend. And let's cash.